MLC The Big Show. Tonight I'm joined by legends of the Angus business, John Davis, Ernie Wallace, and Cody Sankey, along with co-host Burke Holby. I won Homecoming King tonight, being graced with your presence here on the Big Show Podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. What are your thoughts, Cody Sankey? The BS is flowing already. It is. <laughs> well, I know that voice. That's Cody Sankey. Oh, Cody, yeah. I know we're going to travel a lot of different subjects tonight, but i got to start with this. Can you tell my worldwide audience what it's like to judge reindeer in the state of Alaska? Judging reindeer in Alaska is... Uh, one of the most uh, interesting events I've ever been a part of. And just so everybody knows, this is not this is not made up. You did do this, correct? Yeah, it's not made up. Flew into Anchorage and then uh, went to the Kenai Peninsula in the Nilchik, Alaska. And the first year I did it, there was one reindeer, so it's pretty hard to mess it up. But the second time I went back and judged, there was two. What do you uh, think? Did you get it right after all these years? Do you think you got it you right? You know, luckily the same girl owned them both. So, you know, it's hard to go wrong. I got I got a couple of easy passes. Castrated male reindeer, whatever you call those. It was, uh, it was an interesting class. I would have liked to have heard those reasons. Talk about um, lots of good things in that set of reasons. So, this is such a juvenile response, but did you start the class with a big red-nosed one? <laughs> he wasn't there yet. There was no red-noses. They were still in velvet. Um, I still have a picture of him with the champion holding the banner. One of my favorite Facebook memories of all time is seeing Cody Sankey in the foreground and in the background is a reindeer. It was, uh, it was fun. Or you Colby. got to actually play in the reindeer games. <laughs> right. Oh, there's yeah. John. The reindeer conversation. I'm, no, I'm, I'm right. Well, for everybody tuning in, I thought they were going to be hearing some stories about the Angus Junior Nationals and the Angus breed in general. They instead get to hear a little bit about reindeer getting judged in Alaska by Cody Sankey. Burke, you just go ahead and make the introductions of all these industry titans, and uh, we'll go on and have a have a fun discussion about. Go ahead, Burke. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, I am very privileged to introduce. We've got Cody Sankey. Um, who was a judge at the National Junior Angusone and world-renowned judge. Uh, he just got back from Mexico before he did Junior National, and apparently reindeer. Um, and then we have Mr. Ernie Wallace, uh, who is also um, quite renowned and uh, had a part of the Supreme Champion Heifer Junior Nationals in Angus, and had a part, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Ernie, with the uh, Scimitol heifer as well. And, I'll take credit for it. <laughs> and then uh, we have Mr. John Davis, who is no stranger, um, and he had some success just recently at Futurity with his son Logan, and um, is the former show bar manager at Champion Hill, and has I'm going to have to pick his brain about what is his favorite Champion Hill Junior Nationals memory, because I know I have some. So, but anyhow, uh, these are our uh, guests tonight on the big show. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us tonight. Just a little background here. Uh, we've only done like two True Blue Angus podcasts so far, and one was the greatest Angus 
bitters of all time with Kenny Neville and guests, and then old Burke Holby did one with uh, Mandy Richardson. Rooker. Those are like the number five or number four and number 20 all-time episodes, and by golly, we need some more Angus on this deal, so here you guys are. Hey, we're going to make it entertaining for sure. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> okay, to start off this roundtable, we're going to do something a little different. I got uh, a list. I got a list of six questions. I've been quietly listening to you guys, and I don't know if you guys will like these questions or think they're silly, but uh, here we go. It's rapid fire, so I just want you to answer the question without any extra. Cody, you're first. Who you got, Primo or Style? Forbes. Forbes has a future in front of him. I'm talking about the past right you gotta, now. You go to Ernie on that one. Come back around. Primo or Style? This isn't an explanation. This is rapid fire. Come on. That's tough. Primo. Ernie. Yes, sir. Who you got, Primo or Style? Toss up. Uh, I haven't dove too deep on either one of them, to be quite honest. I've seen some really. I guess I started using Primo just a little bit because I actually saw a few the last couple of years that I really, really liked, and I've seen a lot of styles. I mean, I can't really tell you one from the other. Who you got, Mark? Who you got, Primo or Style? You ever heard of him? I'm going to go with Style. Okay, that's all I needed to know. That's it. I don't need explanation. Okay. John Davis, who you got? <laughs> I got Primo because I'm going to Okay, thank you. Biggest impact no. on the industry. Uh, Cody Sankey, Express Ranchers or Champion Hill? Go. Oh. They're, they're both equal. Rapid fire. Come on. Uh, Express. All right. Ernie, you're up. I have to go to the Express. John, these are going to be clips and you're going to be on record after this. So answer the question. Oh, man. <laughs> Bert, I guess you're out of time. It's like who wants to be a millionaire. Guess, you're out of time. Go ahead, Bert. I'm going to say champion now. Question number three. Going to the biggest show of the year. Cody Sankey, who you got fitting and clipping your, your champion female or possible champion female? Go to the other way, man. I've been first every time. First, Colby. Go. Uh, Ernie. Ernie. My son. Bingo. Good oh. job. John, who you got? Yep. Um, shoot. You're out of time. Burke, you're up. Kevin Rucker. Fourth, fourth <laughs> question. What individual has uh, had the greatest impact on the Angus breed during your career, whether that be a 20-year career or a 40-year career? What individual has changed the Angus breed during your career? That's, FYI, guys, I wasn't prepared for these questions either. John, I'll go with you. Uh, Paul, Paul Hill. Okay, yeah. Burke, you're up. But he gave me a big foot up, and that would be Steve Patton. All right, yeah. good job. Cody, what do you got? Uh, Dr. David Hawkins at Michigan State University. Oh, Phenomenal good. choice. I don't have anybody. Okay, <laughs> this, is almost, this is almost over. I got two more questions. Almost over. I apologize for being so aggressive. Okay, po politics in the show ring. Is it better in the year 2022, worse than 2022, or the same, to, comparing 2022 to the year 2000? Go! I'm going to better. I'd say it's, it's, a, it's a show. It's the same as it always is. It's the same, and it's not as much as for other people think it is. Correct. Good answer. Good job. Way to be assertive. Good job. Number six. Last question. It's almost over, boys and girls. Okay, here we go. During the course of your career, who has helped you to get you to where you are today more than any other person? Go. I would say okay. that's easily uh, my parents, Chris and Sherry Sankey. They, they did it. They opened a lot of doors for, for me growing up. Pretty easy for me. 
it's easy for me, my wife. I, we've done this on our own for 35 years, and uh, there's been lots of times I'd have quit. She's too damn tough to quit, so she wouldn't let me. <laughs> Bert. Um, I'm I'm going to say my grandmother, Marge, she uh, drugged me to my first show and drugged me all over the country and sort of gave me the bug. Bert, I got a question for you. Is that the Democrat politician? <laughs> Yes, it is. Oh, no. Yes, it is. Hey, it's a, it, it means something. Uh, just for everybody listen, it means something a lot different to be a Democrat from West Virginia because they got Joe Manchin, and he's actually one of the people that held back the retardation from yeah. passing last winter on Build Back Better. So far, he's and saved I the world for the last two years. Fun fact, when Joe Manchin uh, became in the House, started political career, he was actually, my grandmother was his mentor. He was... He was paired with her when she was uh, chairman of the finance committee. Well, she must have oh. gave him a conscience then. She does. <laughs> she, and she yeah. lets him hear it, too. I'm sure that nobody wants to go down the political road. But if, <laughs> nope, I'm good if, if Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis' <laughs> mothers, brunk- brothers, uncles, cousins, kid, if any of them had done one one-thousandth of what Hunter Biden is taping himself doing, oh, it would be front-page news for the next hundred years. And oh, my Lord. you hear nothing but crickets uh, in the last week yeah. after, they, after they revealed another batch of uh, mysterious and gross and despicable behavior by that little maggot named Hunter Biden. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, dude. It's unbelievable. Ernie Mackett after our own political show. I, this, I is my, this is my PG rating, by the way. I have an R set rating, too, and I just, I'll just i leave that somewhere else. They didn't get your picture at the, at the Capitol that day, did they? I received a text message from my buddy Nelson <laughs> England and uh, Dusty Rich the morning after January 6th, and I was there. Uh, it was some dude with a Green Bay Packers stocking cap on with a, a black fleece jacket up on the side of the Capitol. And from 150 yards or 300 yards away or whatever that picture was taken, it looked a lot like me. That's impossible because I was flying home from uh, Washington, D.C. at the, about 20 minutes after they breached the Capitol. You might be talking to me through a payphone someday. Uh, when you wear your hat, do they like <laughs> – count that as carry on or wow i tell you that guy that guy that stewardess he must have been a damn bears fan because he didn't like my packers cap that day on the way out (laughs) okay davis who uh who was your mentor i know who you're gonna say dr hd woody all right okay yeah from southern illinois university he uh, was a disciple of Richie at michigan state and then, I'm sorry I'm not going with the family thing. I, I do love my wife, Melissa, and my father-in-law, Ed Pickerel. I think they are both very, very talented people. But, like, the people, the guy that gave me the leg up and, you know, propelled uh, me more into this industry than anything else is uh, probably Dr. H.D. Woody, one of the few people that actually – Judged over 500 shows. Is this yeah, that's D related D. to D? Huh? That's D, right? That is D yeah. Woody. Okay. Dr. I didn't know his name was H.D. Okay. Yep. D Woody and... Sam just lives 20 miles from his brother. Yeah. 
his brother Sam is, and, and I know my my father-in-law is a heck of a great fitter, and certainly was back in the day with Ed Pickrell. But like Sam Woody taught me so much by never yeah. even telling yeah. me anything that that gentleman could fit a cow. Yeah, in his day, and he that, was a good. He was the yeah. best. Yeah. Oh, well, I told you, like I was talking earlier, there was about five or six guys back in the day that were just at the top of their game. Where now you got a hundred of them, you know. But he was one right. of them. Yeah. Sam was, yeah. He was one of those guys. Yeah. I would humbly yeah, admit that that uh, Sullivan Supply, Stock Show U, and Kirk Sturwalt uh, Fitting Clinics over the last 30 years, are, they've really taught a bunch of people how to. Yeah. Uh, present them things and then the technology of how the blades have improved and all that. Uh thanks sure hasn't heard anything either. But uh yeah, I would give credit to Sir Walton to John Sullivan Stock Show you for really bringing along a yep. new generation of fitters and clippers for sure. Absolutely. Hey, There's no question. I want to go back to Forbes. 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 Cody would have heard this story or heard rumor about it, but Kerry uh, Gensini is your best Forbes salesman, Mr. Sankey. Uh, oh, really? I hadn't heard this. Me and Joe Gensini were visiting, I think, in his podcast about uh, finding heat wave, the, the bull heat wave at uh, $1,500 in the year 2000, and uh, he said that his wife makes all the breeding decisions right now. And Carrie Gensini, his wife, and Michelle Lautner, my wife, got to visiting, and Carrie said, that's the bull that she needed to be flushing to our Margo donor because we've been flushing her to style and primo because I'm just a silly club calf guy, and I think those are the only two Angus bulls on the map. But I just realized they're not on any of your guys' radars, barely. So <laughs> I need to uh, do a little more research. But Forbes is an up-and-comer. Forbes is an up-and-comer. Tell us your story on him. Yeah, you know, honestly, that was more my uh, mom's deal. She found him in Denver, uh, the last Denver before the dreaded uh, COVID hit, and uh, they, they, uh, we all kind of. I was suspect on on uh, uh, him being a. You know his pedigree and whether what would come of him, but uh, he was pretty cool looking and uh, at the time, and we all kind of bought in on the concept. But my mom kind of bought him, and then uh, I tell you, I I we talked about the best fitters. If you're feeding a big bull, I'd probably let my dad have a, a run yeah. at anybody on that one. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll second that one. He's got as many up mm-hmm. across as he but Yeah, and uh, he can he took. Forbes, and, you know, they quit showing Cal. He went to Fort Worth under Chad Holcamp, uh, that just did Junior National, and he made Forbes the first ever champion at Fort Worth, and that was kind of where his story began. And then um, then every sh- show in America got shut down, and so we weren't sure if he was ever going to get shown again. And all summer long, he just, man, he looked like a million bucks, just slicked off, and he was breeding cows because there wasn't anything to do. And uh, get ready for a show or anything, and then uh, they South Dakota and the great governor that they have, they kind of opened up, and they were going to have their state fair, and so they went there, and he was supreme at the South Dakota State Fair, and then um, he went to uh, 
Kansas State Fair, and he was supreme there. And then um, kind of got going, went to American Royal and, and won that show. And then, as fate would have it, after American Royal, my parents both got COVID from the American Royal and had to quarantine, and they couldn't show him at Louisville. Well, they weren't going to let they weren't going to let Cody take him, so <laughs> I didn't want that pressure. And uh, so then uh, he just laid low and got ready for for Oklahoma City, and that's when he won he won Oklahoma City and kind of he was off off to the races after that. Cool, good job. Yeah. So just for uh, just for a silly guy like me, give me his uh, siren dam and a little bit of background on his pedigree. So he's a style out of a blue chip Luton forever lady. And, See, why um, did you pick style? You have well, no style. I tell you, style <laughs> makes a lot better females, and um, I don't know. I just like Forbes. So you bet, you bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean that forever cow, that forever lady family. That's one of those good ones too. Yeah, and his mother is real, real good. Came from Collison's there in Iowa and then went to Silveras. And um, you know, they raised him out there. And um, So he he's a unique individual. He's standing at 605 Sires, been there about a year now. So he's loving life in the bull stud. What's his cat like? Cody's, <clears throat> Cody's dad's uh, also fed two other Denver champion bulls too, Lazier and and justified so he's not yeah. he's not new to the game yeah he, he had, he's got if you count oklahoma city he's got three of them so that's yeah. pretty good there but uh his calves are real good they're put to get awesome looking hairy uh good structured plenty of body and thickness so i think um they they sure have the part and like ernie says they probably aren't the biggest ones in the barn, so that's a, probably a good thing. So there's some there's some opportunity there for that. Awesome. Awesome. So give me now, your guys' thoughts and opinions on OKC versus Denver. Will it always be an OKC January? You guys think uh, the majority of people will ever go back to Denver? Go ahead. Man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think. I don't, as long as Gerald Callahan's in charge there and Tyler Norvell are running the show in Oklahoma City, that show's not going to go away. That's uh, too good a leadership uh, at the yeah. top. And so there will have to be two shows unless <clears throat> somebody wants to give in. Denver's got the history and the new yards, and I've heard nothing but good things. Um, but you know how it is. Uh, they gave up once, and that opened the door, and now there's an, another game in town. So I'd say there'll be two for some... quite some time. Uh, yeah, I, w- I don't think any of them's going away. But uh, old Denver made some choices, and now they got to live with them. And I mean, I'm a fan of both. I'm going to attend both for the foreseeable future, and by that, I probably mean for at least the next ten years. I bet we'll go to both shows. But I do, just being honest, got to say, I went to both of them this year. I love me some red states. I love me some Oklahoma City. But Denver, just with the Rocky Mountains in the background, it just feels a bit more like a vacation. And I'm sorry I have to say that. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm a, I'm as big a red guy or whatever you want to call it as you'll ever meet. But uh, just had a lot of memories and awesome uh, events over the last 20-some years in my career out there in Denver, and it's tough for me to just say, Denver, I hate you. I'm a scorned lover. I'm never coming back. <laughs> 
Well, you can't you can't replicate when you go in the yards on that on that weekend when all the cattle are on display down there and the bulls are on display and the sun's out and everybody's having a good you can't you just can't replicate that anywhere and i i get and I, i'm the same way i, I agree. some of my best some of the best memories i ever have is when we won in denver a couple of times i mean that for me oklahoma city just logistically is three and a half hours from my house we show two breeds simmentals are one week angus another week i can't do that in denver i can't drive 14 hours and you know have two breeds and it just works good for me in oklahoma city and it's put on well and it's a great show and absolutely I'm probably leaning towards shows, Oak City, you know, but mm -hmm. I love Denver. Those shows, Denver. Those shows will continue on for into the well, yeah, forever, I would say. But uh, especially, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to leave people out here, so especially for the people from that Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, Montana, whatever, New Mexico, or even further west than that, they want Denver to continue on. So I mean, just the people yep. that want to make it a political issue and just say Denver needs to go away, it just ain't gonna happen because there's a lot of people in those western states that want to continue. But OKC yeah. is more centrally located, and uh, I love it. And I have done nothing but enjoy the first two trips down there. Can't wait for trips three through thirteen for sure. So, man, and the thing I is, think I, mean, I from, think it's from the way that that we have that we have options. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, from the word go, though, Oklahoma City was way more welcoming. Um, it was just so much easier. Everything was there's no passes, no nothing, no you can't do this, you can't do this, and that, that's part of. It. And then Denver kind of tried to follow suit later, but I mean that that, that was something that, that was so refreshing in Oak City. There was just no, you can't park here, you can't go there. You got to have a pass to get up the hill or down the hill or. Wherever, and that stuff kind of wears on you as an exhibitor, you know. I used to, I've, I've always been Denver's biggest cheerleader, and always thought it was the greatest show on earth. And but I tell you right, Ernie, that all the bell rules, and then you had to glad hand the mafia to get everything done that you needed to. It just, it was a battle. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I mean, uh, Denver was the the lead dog, and sometimes I don't want to anybody off when I say this, but they acted like they were the lead dog. And yeah. uh, Oklahoma City has. Ju I'm just. I'm just parodying what you guys have already said. But Oklahoma City knew that they needed to be uh, accommodating, and they've done that from the word go. And it is a very, very enjoyable standpoint in terms of the red tape bullshit that you have to deal with. Well, their crew. Because there is a lack of knowledge of the people that you know were running. Denver, as far as like parking goes, as far as just getting in to check in and unload your trailer and stuff like yeah. that, you know, and, and, and it's, I don't think it's their fault. It's almost like your county fair, your fair board mentality. That's that's the only show they go to. Nope. And right. so that's the way that we've always done it. So that's the way that we do it. And it's kind of tough when you're parking a half a mile away. Your exhibitors are parking a half a mile away and having to pack a backpack just with your snacks and <laughs> your phone charger and extra pair of 
shoes or whatever. Cold beverages. Get up there cold beverages. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, what, cold beverages, John. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is King. I mean, Kyler Norvell and Cass Newell and Whitney Walker and all them have done a great job to try to make it exhibitor friendly. I mean, they're, they've been A plus. Yeah. <laughs> My son trims feet for. My son trims feet for all the people in the county here, or two, three counties, or whatever. And they want, they bring him over. Hey, can you fix this one? Uh, no. <laughs> it's just what God gave him, man. You know, it's not. There's not going to be no fixing. No. <laughs> you know, so whatever what you sound of those. Go ahead, John. Like those big junior yearlings and the heavy bred senior yearlings. You know, and, and that's just my opinion. You know, if they don't, if they're not pushing just a tick bit of chest, and uh, maybe just a probably a little bit too fat, you probably don't need them anyway because they've been in the a long time. If they're if they're that hard doing that they're really really cobra fronted and freaky necked and at a senior yearling stage point, especially on that. Of course, I'm. I, I like those senior yearlings because it's a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a job to get them where they need to be. But like, those are the ones that win junior nationals and are uh, year in year out. They're right there in the hunt. Whether they're yeah. their top five, we see those. And takes a lot of those takes a lot of talent to get them there. Well, those yeah. females that are closer to production. That's when they're looking the best, in my opinion. And and I don't mind one pushing just a little bit of chest or maybe a little bit fat because, hey, that kind of shows me that that's kind of a pretty good female. Well, I believe that's part of being the Angus breed in itself because they're known as the mama cow. I mean, you go out there. I mean, it's different if you go to Maine or Key Nationals or those heifers. And you see those yearlings are more on type and on point. You're not going to see a big senior yearling because, I mean, that's not their their look. I mean, for the Angus, I mean, the all-American Angus brood cow is the look. Um, and that's sort of why I think the senior yearlings or the older heifers always seem to dominate more because they have that, they're pushing that that point to them. Maybe I'm wrong. I've, I've not judged all over the nation like some of you guys, but that's sort of my that's look fem- at it. That's the female ever looks is 30 days before she calves. If, she, if she's a good one. I mean, right. her belly's full. Their udders are starting to shake down. I mean, they look like a cow. Uh, it's just like when you're buying bread heifers, these guys don't sell them until about December. If you have them in February, that's the best time they look. You know, that's Right. Exactly. You know. There's a reason for that. Yeah. 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 I believe that uh, the worldly Greg Cropa, the worldly Greg Cropa, I don't know if you Angus guys would know him, but he once told yeah. me the only thing that sells better than a fat one is a fatter one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of the time when you sell them, you can't get them too heavy. <laughs> I, I always got to say, no one wants to buy a fat one, but no one bids on a skinny one. Yeah. Exactly. Very seldom. Exactly. Do you think there's an issue with that, though? That I mean, 
when when you go to like Louisville and stuff, there's these weights of these heifers that are weighing more than some of these steers. Well, not I don't know as so much fat as it is. I don't know as so much fat capacity. as frame frame size. Uh, I think we're getting some of these back. To, I mean, I I was I showed cattle seventy seventies eighties nineties on, and I've been through all the big ones and. Uh, uh, we can. We, we're at a point now. There's some of them are, whether it's, I don't know how to say this, whether it's their actual frame size or whether it's some help from, from somewhere else. But some of these are, are getting too big. I mean, they're they're, we're getting them to that point again where they're not really functional, in terms of being maintenance cows, when you get done showing them. But I don't know as so much fat as it is, weight as, as it is frames frame size and i don't know if you guys agree with that but that's kind of my that's how i like to look at them well i i say we're pushing the upper limits we got we got heifer calves ernie and louisville that are pushing weights that uh are you wonder where where they come from because you can't get a bull to gain that so i'd say i can't figure out (laughs) can't figure out how you can get five pounds five pounds of gain a day but i i don't know um, you, you see a lot of you see a lot of selfies with uh, baby newborn calves in the winter, but those same calves are never in that January December age bracket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I it's you know I, I'm more of a middle of the road guy, I guess. I'm kind of a middle of the road guy. I mean, when it comes about everything, so muscle bone I think structure is the key to anything. I mean, yeah. if they're that big and they can still function, that's still, that's, big, that's a big check mark, at least in my book. I yeah, I mean, I mean, the two guys that are on here with me. I know they're not. I've never seen them show any any freaky sized. John showed a senior on that was reserved the junior national one year that she wasn't. She wasn't. Uh, she probably weighed about thirteen fifty. I'd say. Correct. Yeah, Permature, she made a pretty good cow, didn't she? Was probably probably about uh, oh fifteen hundred, fifteen fifty yeah. maybe. You know. Two thousand two thousand eleven at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. That was one of my favorite <laughs> uh, favorite. Uh, Champions that we ever had. We were pretty excited. That was uh, a yeah. what, what name? What was that daughter. one, John? That was uh, Champion Hill Peg seventy three fifty, and I purchased her with my partner Richard Clark. His daughter Katie Clark showed her, and she was reserve at the fraternity, reserve at the Atlantic National, and reserve at the National Junior Show that year. Wasn't she the dam of bad romance? She was the dam of bad romance. Yep, so, I remember that. A bull that he passed before his time, but actually, in his first calf crop, he fired the champion King Angus after at the Key Junior Nationals. But I, I remember the pet. Actually, and, I remember the peg quite fondly because I believe I had a maternal sister to her. I think that was my last year going out. Yeah, she would have been out of Champion Hill Peg 52-52, the 004 daughter. Yep. 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 
Most so definitely. Saying you've been that, what would be? 2005, I believe. Yeah. 2006, yeah. something like that. Uh, I think 2005. I think that was okay. Denver. Yeah. I think Denver. Junior Nationals in Denver. I think we were at Denver. It was my last one. Yeah. So, so saying that, John, what would be your favorite Junior National win? Oh, shoot. Um, I guess in uh, I, was, I was very blessed and very fortunate to, to get lucky enough to be a part of several uh, championships at the Junior Nationals, I guess you would say. Because, man, it's a shot in the dark. And, and I'm not saying that's just any or just Angus Junior Nationals, but any Junior Nationals nowadays, it's so tough. And so, like, my family, we always say, we want to make the cut. That's our goal. Is we just want to make the We just want to make the cut, and anything happens after that's great. You know, so. Um, well, you're different than my family. We want to, we want to win. <laughs> well, <laughs> We trying to get John to say it's Georgina. That's all I'm talking <laughs> Actually, there was a heifer that my sister showed in 2001, and she won the – she was grand champion. And it was a family project between actually my sister and myself and Holly Gamble. And uh, that's a that's a sentimental favorite. And then – you know, whenever um, whenever Maggie actually, my daughter got top five in 2019. That's a sentimental sentimental favorite because it's family. But and, and then of course the Peg Heifer in 70 on 7350 when she was reserved in 2011. That was a darn good one. And because uh, that that was one that we owned of the. Of the Champion Hill customers, 2005, hands down. We I named that heifer after one of my favorite actresses, Deborah Winger from Urban Cowboy, and I named that heifer Sissy. And Sissy Aww. loved Denver. She was reserve grand as a baby at the National Western, and then she went back to Denver at the Junior Nationals, was grand champion in 2005, under Randy Daniel, and then we rested her for a little bit and took her back to the National Western in 2006, and under Brad McCurry, she was grand champion again. And so that was the, of the best show heifers that have had the most success, that's that's the one right there, and that's the Songahatchee Georgina. Yes, I remember Sissy quite well, and um, she was so massive. I mean, just big. You want to talk about cow? She had cow written over. Um, I remember. I remember Sissy quite fondly. So, but in saying that, I was trying to get you to say that the that I was right that the Georgina four nineteen is a better cow. But in saying that as well. The Proven Queen had a lot of success at Junior Nationals, too. <laughs> she 
Yeah, Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, they're both great cows. Both great cows. Yeah, most definitely. We were, we were just, you know, at that time, whenever Champion Hill was really rolling there in the mid-2000s, you know, LLA Georgina C was only ever conventionally flushed. She never was IVF. And uh, on all of her conventional flushes, she produced over 505 embryos. And we uh, did her several times to Sonny Hatchie and several times to um, a few other bulls. But we were, we were very fortunate that she did awfully well with with what she produced. And those those Sonny Hatchie 419s were, were pretty darn to beat. I mean, uh, the sport I came the cow came from from was a sheep. The cow came from Jim Ward at Cedar Crest. Correct. Four nineteen. So yeah. yes. So and the Georgina's were the Georgina's were actually started at McCurry Brothers. If you look back at all those pedigrees, the Georgina's came from McCurry Brothers in Kansas. Correct. I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking Jim Ward. Jim Ward kind of had that four nineteen cow for a while because I'm mean, he's still mad at me because I beat her. Wisconsin State Fair. I remember you still pissed at me, but uh, <laughs> well, he should be. She was, she was a nice female. She really was. <laughs> so Very I was thinking that's where that. she came from. It came from uh, that Georgina family came from Central Kansas, and then through the Lions Ranch. Yep, it did. And yep. Jim yeah, got that one through the Lions Ranch in Kansas, and then. Uh, produced that cow. Paul Hill saw that heifer at the 1994 Junior Nationals, I believe. And um, oh, I, I believe Nicole Ward was showing her, and Paul bought her, and uh, the rest is history on that thing. Yeah, she just yep. she just produced so so uh, many many good ones like she had several oh probably four or five different heifers that she produced that were grander reserve at denver uh three or four that were grander reserve at louisville and the you know the the division champions she had she had one heifer that won junior nationals and the division champions at junior nationals probably produced Anywhere from ten to fifteen different division or reserve division champions at, at a junior national in the mid I mean, in the mid two thousands, they were those things for about thirty five thousand apiece. That was about the average. You didn't even mention the best, one, John. You didn't even talk about twenty one twenty one. Well, that's, a, that's that's one of the national western champions. Yeah, but twenty one twenty one was the best one she ever had. That that was a that was a fifty one seventy five daughter and she was actually a July heifer and we kinda of saved her back and you know, as far as production goes, there's a there's an awful lot of those that came out of the Tinson Hill dispersal that go back to twenty one twenty one. 
And we never even gave – I was always all about giving these heifers like a nickname, like Sissy or, or Lady Gaga and, and whatnot along the way. But, you know, 2121 just had, had that number, and so she was 2121. And she was, she was pretty special. I was fortunate enough to to be there during that, so it was fun. You talk about 419, the other 419, I think I actually made her first time Angus champion at the uh, Scarlet and Gray in Columbus, Ohio, when she was a heifer calf. She the won the Angus, was like third overall. You talk wow. about Proven Queen at Sanders Girls. Why wasn't, she, why wasn't she supreme? Well, there was a lot of heat there in that day. Oh, that one's damn nice. She I'm was really nice. Kidding. Yeah, I mean, really I don't think that any. I don't think that any state. I don't think that any any state takes uh, their prospecting more seriously than the state of Ohio, in my humble opinion. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, I think that's that the proven queen four nineteen. She looked phenomenal when she won Louisville and Denver. I thought yeah, that was absolutely. a well female. One of them walking away easy. So I know I know Burke was wanting us to to argue a little bit about which one's best, but that they're both great. And everything you can't really oh, argue about it. It's like comparing Tom Brady with a young quarterback. It just um, they each are good in their own era. Tom Brady and Joe no, Montana. Oh, you're I'm gonna say right. I'm going to say Frontier Gal was the best one. <laughs> I, I wonder where you're going to bring that up, Ernie. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go back through history here, what the hell? I mean, Ernie yeah. counting up money. She's produced That's about another one that rerouted through Kansas. That's another one so, of those that trips through Was that 2004, whenever Paige won with the yeah. really good heifer? Man, that yeah. thing. See, she was. She was like a, a step above her or beyond her time as well, too. She won oh, Denver that year, too. That, Gary yeah, Dammer Peter. Gary and Jeff Dammer Peter in Louisville. I still remember that. I told Gary we showed, her, we showed her 16 times that year, and she only got beat one time. I said, I guess the rest of those other 15 guys were wrong. <laughs> I still give him hell today about it. You should. Well, what the, you what should. the heck did they use the beater? McCurry had a precision bread thing that he'd bought somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Precision bread. Precision? Yeah. Um, you remember Connie? I remember her. She got out like a feedlot somewhere, and they halter broke her and took her out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got we we were third in class. We were uh, John McCurry had a reserve that day. I don't remember what she was either. Sagahachi maybe. Yeah, we got shut out. So, no, she went on to produce about three million. She's produced three million dollars worth of cattle express. But uh, she's had a couple pretty good daughters. Thirty-seven, thirty-four. Won the junior national for Cali West. Uh, and mm-hmm. had some good, one and one Denver, and then another daughter. That was a fourteen oh five. Fourteen oh five five has probably been the most productive in terms of revenue. She uh, 
I don't know how many millions of dollars they sold out of her. Trent Ray bought her and and showed her. And I think she won Reno maybe and did decent showing wise, but she produced a lot of the good, a lot of daughters, a lot of good, a lot of a lot of revenue. I had to throw That's her in there. I wouldn't have this conversation going without throwing her in there. You bet. <laughs> no, I was going to ask you, Ernie. I kept wondering. I was like, what's your girl? Like, what's your pick of cow family? Because I was wanting you to throw out the frontier gal. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you've no. got to. You got she, to she kind of started that. Yeah, she kind of yeah. started the frontier gal. Her mother's name was Travel Gal, but we, and she was a new frontier daughter, so we. We called her Frontier Gal. That's kind of what started that whole Frontier Gal deal. But uh, no, that was a good good time. Yeah, I'm telling you what, this has been a huge travel back as far as memories go of some of these great cow families. And saying that and being at Junior Nationals, what do you predict as far as the future of like? the Angus show heifer and the Angus female, like what are we looking for? Um, what's the new and upcoming, some of these new cow families, you've got like the Annie Lou's and the Sandy's and um, some of these females coming up. What do you think? What's the overall opinion of all these? I don't know. It'd be hard to say Sandy's new. Sandy's been around for a lot way back in the day. Well, that's yeah. true. That's true. And the, the Phyllis deal. I mean, that heifer won this year as a Phyllis, and she's not the first one out of Phyllis to ever win. You know, out of Phyllis cow family to ever win by any means. Those those cattle, are, uh, you know, uh, have been the good times. Bull now he's he goes back to that cow family. I mean, it, there's been a lot of good ones. And Bruce and Amy started that. Kind of started that cow family and done a, they've always had some really good ones out of them and uh, that might be one to kind of come along here pretty soon um i mean it always well, is okay. it's still, i don't mean come along it is but uh, yeah but, come back around yeah it'll be a staple i think uh yeah yeah well, yeah maybe in, maybe in saying that is uh, oh go ahead sorry no, I was just saying maybe in saying that old school cool is coming back again. <laughs> like it's it's just the cow families are staying proven. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, Paul, it, it does. Paul yeah. Hill purchased that uh, that Blackbird thirty three cow from Stony Lonesome Farm Dispersal back in the mid nineties. And he had this uh well, it goes back to Minard's Fortune 2000 daughter. And Ooh, then, that's a West Virginia bull. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then had Champion Hill Black for 33. And they sold that Touchstone daughter to Phil Lightnicker from Ohio. And Bruce and Amy were actually working at Champion Hill at the time. And so every daughter out of that Champion Hill Blackbird 33, the first ones that uh, that came along, they they named her Phyllis after Phil Lightnicker because he had purchased that cow. So the Champion Hill Blackbird 33 family actually branched off into Phyllis. So they're actually all Blackbirds, but they all go back to a cow that Paul purchased for I think $2,500. 
Wow. I bought Frontier, I bought Frontier Gals, my mother, for 2300 from Jerry Pfeiffer in Orlando, Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Yeah. I tried to send it to a guy. I bought 10 cows that day on consulting, and he didn't want a backstop daughter, so I kept her. And uh, I sent him some other cows. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that worked well, out for you, didn't it, Ernie? Yeah, yeah, I tried to send her to Max. Would you say $3 million? Yeah, I tried to send it to Max McEwen in Iowa. He didn't want a backstop. He wanted some of those other cows that I bought. I said, all right, I'll keep this one. Uh, Three million dollars later. Yeah. That's just good. That's just a good uh, point to make about the industry. Uh, You give that cow to Joe Blow off the street that doesn't know how to, I mean, I'm not trying to put anyone down, but, uh, and not that Mr. McCune or whoever that was that passed on her couldn't have done real good with her, but you give just your average Joe off the street some of these phenomenal genetics, and uh, they might be just standing still over the course of a five or ten yeah. year career. There's only so many subjects you can talk about when it comes to club calves or whatever so i've definitely gone down the political route an episode or two and i probably should just stick with uh livestock so uh gonna be doing a few more uh angus or uh you know maybe a few other pig pig podcasts and some of the other stuff too but uh <laughs> i'm not sure that it gets you very far when you start yapping about politics i'm trying to teach myself that but boy with that dumbass biden in the white house it's just tough not to bring it up every now and again i'm i'm going to say i'm going to say with your with your uh audience you're probably fairly safe so yeah you say pretty sure mm-hmm. yeah but i really appreciate the opportunity i really appreciate the opportunity to be involved with Cody and Ernie and and Burke and Matt and I, I it's just I really appreciate it. It's been a <laughs> been a fun time and man, Oh I, yeah. I could go on I could go on talking for hours. We could go off on all kinds of other subjects. Don't don't say that. that. I'm gonna hey, be calling you guys. I got your phone numbers now. I'm gonna be calling you in about once a month the rest of your life. Some other stuff and go off the record. We can do that. That's fine. It's been, like, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. John, the reason you and I like it is making. The reason you and I like it is because it makes us old old shit seem relevant. <laughs> well, I think it's that old. Well, you've been, part you've been around it. a long time. Well, You've been around a long time. I have. Best part about it, Ernie, is we get to rehash some Angus history. I don't think many people remember it that are showing nowadays the glory days of Angus. Uh, I'm sure yeah. a lot of things we talk about, they won't. I didn't think BC Beauty Juice in 93 was that long ago. It's kind of like, a, a place to be kinda like the History Channel. I still got a hat. As a, I think it has a point of record. Did you? I, I, I remember hearing it earlier in the show, but her name... Was booty juice? Beauty. Beauty. Um, beauty. 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 Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Beauty. 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 He was a JRD. I know the name of Matt's next donor cow now. <laughs> Podcast has a lot of static on it. My bad. Like the Imperial? Is it Imperial hats that were like checkered like the Umbro material with the rope on the front of them? I think they're coming back. 
I think <laughs> the square hats with the rope on the front of them. Oh, I had one of those at the place to be in 93. Yeah. You and still I, got the cooler? I think I still got the, the – it was ironic that Kansas City gave out coolers this year because I still have the place to be in 93 cooler. Oh. I think I actually – it was a black and white cooler, wasn't it? Yep, were, black were and white cooler. I, yep, I got it. Burke, were you born in 93? Yeah, yes, I was born in 93. I was born in you 94. Were? I'm not – yeah. <laughs> Most people aren't even born in oh, uh, young. In fact, I have I actually still use my Oklahoma City 1998 book bag. Okay. I got. Oh, I got <laughs> one of those. Yeah. I had a heifer that year that she placed seventh in the owned heifer show, and I bought her from a guy in Southern Illinois named Clem Helmus, and she was. A heifer that went back to, well, a cow that he had that he sold to Elman Krebs later on called um, Honey Bear Sophie. Yeah, Honey Bear you know who Honey Bear Sophie is? Factor daughter. She's the Sandy's. She's the Sandy's. He named her Sandy. Yeah, she's the <laughs> one that created Sandy. Yep. Oh, really? Star hat. Yeah. Yeah. Honey Bear Stuffy, she was she was grand champion female at the National Western in nineteen. Who fitted who fitted her? I don't know. Dean Schrock. Dean Schrock. Oh yeah, Dean Schrock. Oh wow. Dean Schrock, he was there. Yeah. She's a dark star daughter, she was Ernie. A crown winner. Yeah. The Fairfield yeah. Dark Star. Krebs at her. Yeah. Ernie, yeah. how big was Lone Star? Oh Lord. <laughs> so you, we, I'm six foot tall, and I had to stand on a bucket to clip his top. Or, to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that tells you pretty close. Is that were you fit? You fit Lone Star? Well, not really. Um, John Parrish was working. Um, who had him? Can't even remember now. Seemed like I think John Parrish was working there then, wherever he was at. But John was about Weavers and Hartley. Who owned so he had him to get now out. on the paper? Yeah, he, yeah, maybe he was at Hartley. I can't remember, but he was. When he was he yeah. bigger than Austin? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, Austin wasn't that big for that time. He was, he when, was, a, he when, was a pretty good bull. When were the years he worked at R and J? Oh, eighty three, eighty three, eighty six, probably. Hey, that's when I was born. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's a show ranch that no one would even hear of, Ernie, and they're that they probably you did more winning at R and J than anybody. Back in the oh day, my R and J and Premier was kind of, and then well, that was before R and J Premier Northcote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was kind of the deal. Up to, I think I don't know if he talked to Ernie or. Somebody at the All American Fraternity, when they had all those heifers that were All Americans and first place winners at the fraternity in in Louisville, back when they used to have it in August, and like the starting price was ten thousand dollars in nineteen eighty five. It was uh, it was easy to feed them back then. You just kept filling the <laughs> feed pan up until they quit eating. <laughs> there wasn't any there wasn't any holding back. It was just whatever they'd eat you gave it to. Them. 
Ernie, what was uh, the tallest bull you ever saw at a show? The one, maybe the tallest winner. Oh, uh, it'd be like Granada or Valedictorian or some one of those two, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. Valedictorian's feet went completely east and west. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a story about Valedictorian where they walked him out of the chute. They painted his feet and there on the tar paper in Louisville. And before he went up to the ring, Wade Womack was like, oh, shoot. And grabbed a can of paint and painted over his feet marks because he didn't want that behind the stall. Yeah, they, they were completely. It's all yeah. blue footed. One blue one way and one blue the other. If you were trimming his feet, it'd be easier to get him to come completely around than it would be to straighten him up. Any what? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. A lot. They didn't have to be real good back then. You just had everything kind of fixed with your politics. You just had to have them go. You remember Orange? Ar- Ar- when, when was Orange and Aggie? Who? Were you around that R&J Aggie? Oh, yeah, she was a Rambo daughter. Yeah. Yeah, the R&J Rambo daughter. <laughs> I like those Rambos. You, you guys are probably going to have to add all this shit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was you know a Rambo a daughter. That, um, a bull that won at the Junior National that made a big splash was Casey. Remember him? They oh, Casey. Casey. Yeah. He was yeah. champion bred known bull. And then went on to be yeah. Triple Crown winner. Yeah. He won. Yeah. Krebs had him, too. Krebs yeah. bought him in the – I think he bought him after the show because Da Esro there, I think that was Omaha maybe, Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was oh, that Lord. Omaha? Yeah, 90, I believe. Okay. The bad part is, is my son finds pictures of my days back then. I try to I try to tell him that I used to be a good bidder, and uh, he looks at those pictures. It's a little hard to convince him of that. <laughs> as bad as the cattle are. Okay, uh, here's a question for you, Ernie. Then what's better, saddle soap or tail adhesive? No tail adhesive. Tail <laughs> adhesive. The only the only good thing was you didn't have to break anything down with saddle soap. Saddle soap. When you got done, you just put the water hose on it because it's soap and it rinses right out. So, Ernie. <laughs> How about this, Ernie? Before Sullivan's, what was your go-to supply? Where'd you get your your oh, best? Uh, pa- Patterson's, Patterson's had the best glue. Patterson had the best glue. Yeah, um, but I'd say Patterson. They had the best glue and they had the best black paint glue. Uh, Hams was okay, but Patterson, I like their stuff the best. About, yeah, those names don't even exist. And the people that that worked underneath you. Like Oh Lord. Really made it. Oh <laughs> uh, God. Let me think here. Uh Donnie Robertson. Uh Rob Poston worked there. Yeah, he's a D he Rob's okay, I guess. Mike Jones. <laughs> Haskins. Mike Jones and Haskins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Mark Aiken, Circle A. Um, yep, know him. <laughs> God dang it. Um, oh, Srock. Dean Srock worked there. Oh, yeah. Jones was a while. That's Mike Jones. 
<laughs> he was the wildest. Um, what was the question? Under- I missed the question. Who, all the people that work for me at R&J while I was there. I'm trying to think of all Oh, that. my. That is, I didn't know. All, that is a heck of a list. Dolby, Dolby came right after me. He helped Sparky. Rex Sarl helped him. Uh, was, was Conley Dolby there when you were there? No, Conley was there a couple of years before me. Yeah, wow. he was, was there. Steve Nelson there when you were there? Yeah, Steve Nelson was there. Yeah, yeah. He used to set up our tents and all of our gifts for Champion Hill for all of our sales. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's getting ready to be a dad again. Yeah, yeah, he's he's <laughs> my he's about my age. Well, he's got to be sixty, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, man. Yeah. I love Steve. He's a great guy. I work with Steve forever on the sale and Lenny Wasser. I don't know if you know Lenny. Lenny was always the premier with Chan. Yeah. And then Longaburger. All right. Yeah. And then Chan. Do you guys got any more questions? What, you got to go to bed early or what? No, hell, not that time. (laughs) I stayed somewhat sober just just late enough to get this thing over with. (laughs) Don't put that on the podcast. Don't put that on the podcast. (laughs) I'll edit that out. Yeah, no problem. Edit that one out. See, Matt, it got good at the end. We had to wait to the end to get it good. (laughs) Everybody got comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time Cody yeah, Sankey was, was showmanship contest and he was looking at me like, Go ahead and beat me. Just go ahead and beat me, showmanship. Kansas Fraturd. Uh, He's standing out there scratching that thing. So we so I went ahead and beat him. Uh, <laughs> you were old days, Ernie. <laughs> you were a cocky little shit now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, he's grown out of that. He's grown out of that. He's just a real gentleman now. <laughs> yeah, his son's uh, we, causing we, all we, this trouble for him now. <laughs> we go back a long ways. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Way back, Ernie. Way back. Back, back in the Leeton days, back when you'd come, your dad would bring you in there and get a heifer or two. Uh, uh, I had a steer named Ernie once. Yeah. Yeah. You were back then, in the 90s. pick a bunch. He'd take a heifer or so home and a steer out one year. Yeah. That was back when 5000 gets you two animals and you could win. <laughs> yeah, your dad was on the buddy deal, though. He got them free and he just brought them back later. <laughs> uh, you didn't want that steer back later. No. Uh, no, I'm sure he was pretty cheap. Uh, <laughs> Oh, all the good secrets. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you, gentlemen, this has been a really good podcast. Don't put all this on there. I'm getting a real real, uh, learning experience for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I'll tell you what, in all all seriousness, if this is an Angus guy, podcast or whatever in all seriousness like i am so so stoked after coming away from this last junior national 
about the future of the Angus breed. And I know, I know Cody saw it probably more firsthand than what I did. I was back there in the trenches with my kids in the hot barn and this and that, but like, there's some daggum good cattle out there. And that they really cow, are. That, that that Angus cow, she just keeps on making good ones, and she makes other breeds better as well. Well, we got a we got a politician in here. Good job. Way to, way to <laughs> well, I'm trying to shine it up. <laughs> Wait, is that is that going to be on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Doing good. I like you. And like. No, no, I, I, no, but I'm, I'm serious. Because, like, um, so am I. Me and, so am I. You sound wife, like a politician right now. Good job. My, my wife and I, we were fortunate enough, we were able to judge the keys at, at uh, or the key showmanship contest at the key junior nationals there this year. Are you year. saying the keys suck or what? No. I'm telling you what. They're good. And she, because I, I kept getting myself lost, and she was like, well, which one did you think out of this heat? I'm like, well, I don't know. There's just a deck of many good heifers. The, mu- the best get, keys in the world get, generally don't have much in them. Nope. No. One, <laughs> one six piece or whatever. <laughs> well, aren't they making Same. a whole new, like, main Angus breed? Like they got to put the oh, yeah. Mangus, there. Um, yeah. Mangus, yeah. Yeah. I can't say much. That's a heck of a junior national. They like the little kids. It is a and great sit there and had a blast. And um, it's it's a good family environment. Yeah, and I mean, we were just down there in Louisville for a couple of days there, this uh, there about a month ago. But man, you guys have a the mains and the the keys have a great junior nationals. We were very very welcomed, and it was a lot of fun. And daggum, there were some good cattle. Wow! <laughs> Golly, you're Yeah. I tell you what, I uh, I have. Really enjoyed this conversation. It's gone maybe as long as any podcast I've ever done in my life. I'm like Ernie. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I need to go to bed. But I just drove to town while we've been talking, and I bought me one of these crown apples in a can. Have you ever? Have you guys ever had that before? No, I've seen those. No. Though. I haven't tried them yet. Well, I'm telling you, I might have to go back and buy me a second one. It's, it's pretty tasty. I've been, I've been well, looking at them. I haven't got one yet. Now that we're talking about that, I say it's time to end the podcast. I got to go get one. (laughs) I was hoping you weren't hearing the ice. I'm hoping you weren't hearing the ice over the telephone here in my when I was taking a drink. (laughs) Drinking like Burke. You can buy not on your apples in a can and just drive home. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I'm doing. I'm drinking. I got my. uh, I got my Polaris Ranger, and the cops generally just they, they think I'm doing farmer shit when I'm in it. Yeah, that is farmer. <laughs> totally <shit>. understand. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to drink right. that for me. Uh, hey, you'll have to drink one for me, Matt, because I'm not allowed to have any of that stuff with Callie's. You're on that. Yeah, you're on that. You're on that Cal and Han fitness oh. program. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want some. I want some bikini yeah. shots. 
Him, me and Cody, we, we're a part of that. Me and Cody, we're a part of that dad bod Olympics. I think Cody's probably as lean. You're probably as lean now, Cody, as you've ever been. You're really, you're doing good. Yeah, stuff. I did. I had to get my life right. I'm better now than I always have ever was. Good. Yeah. I thank you guys yeah, for again over the. You're right. not invincible anymore. You can't live forever. That's right. Yeah, will be, uh, be years old. <laughs> I have a uh, my my old man had a farming buddy that liked to come to the state fair and have a few cold beverages. And I remember one time he was sitting there and he was probably 50 years old. And he said he turned to Phil and he said, "If I'd have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself." <laughs> true. That's true statement. Never. <laughs> Uh, have a very have a thing have thing. a very good evening, guys. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll be in touch. Okay, let's do this again sometime. Uh, thank Hi. you. Sounds thanks. good. Thank thanks. you. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. All right, Burke, Burke, you do an extra good job of editing this one. Damn it! Don't let any of those crude yep. comments come through. <laughs> yeah, keep that. Keep some of that stuff. Uh, any of that good secretive stuff. Let's not let that get out in the world. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right.